Hello, and thank you for tuning to Fire and Rain Ministries, where fire purges and rain washes. Today, we have an exciting word to share with you from Apostle Allison J. Cross, and we know that you will be encouraged by what you hear. So sit back and relax, and remember, she has a word for you from the Word. things that we want to do we were talking about is how to identify a false prophet how do I identify a false prophet and one of the things the main thing is they are not going to be team Jesus they're going to be team all about themselves and that's something that we want to always be aware of because anytime someone is not um, adhering to the word of God it's all about them you know, what they can get out of the deal, that means literally it's not about Jesus. It's not about him. So we want to make sure um, that we look at that. And then also uh, those that um, prophets that are false prophets, they have a strong antichrist spirit on them. They have a strong antichrist spirit on them. And uh, you can look at 1 John 2.18 and 22. Now, you want to, as a prophet, you want to make sure that you are able to discern if something is of God or not. And then also, you want to, in identifying a false prophet, teacher, messenger, or leader, um, we want to base that on the word of God. Are they lining up with the word of God? Is it selfish? Is it all about them? You know, the, the I, me, my syndrome. As prophets of God, it's always has to be about the Lord and what he wants to speak through us, never about what we want to speak. Although at times we may have be passionate about what we're saying, passionate about what we're doing. If we are not um, uh, calling those out that are trying to pull people out of the kingdom, then we've missed the mark. We've missed it ourselves. And so we want to make sure that not only are we in alignment, but we don't let people step over the line and snatch God's you know, sheep, especially the young and vulnerable out of the kingdom into what their foolishness is. We have to really be careful of that. And so when we look at um, false prophets, they're not genuine me messengers of God and they deceive and mislead God's people. Remember in Jeremiah, um, I'm not sure... I I think it's like right around 18 to 23 in those chapters. It talks about how the, the prophets, they cause men to err. They lie because they were um, they were um, prophesying out of the intent of their own heart. And they were doing things like that. Now, as prophets, our heart have to be knitted to the heart of God, literally. It has to be knitted to the heart of God, literally, because if it's not, uh, we run the risk of going in the wrong direction. And it's when something sounds good, was it, ooh, that sounds good. Is it causing your flesh to flinch or is it causing your spirit to quicken? Is the word that you hear from someone, is it causing your flesh to flinch or is it causing your spirit to quicken? That's something we have to think about because we've been living in the flesh all our life. <laughs> and we know that if certain things hit you a certain way, your flesh may flinch. So we have to, as prophets of God, is it my flesh or is it the quickening of the Holy Spirit? So we want to make sure that we know that. And so false prophet, they don't give genuine messengers. Their whole thrust is to mislead God's people. And what do they do? False prophets leave tactics, use excuse me, tactics like fear, control, manipulation, false doctrine, and their fruits do not line up with the character of God. I'm going to say that again. When you are talking about a false prophet, their fruit does not line up with God's character. There's something that we really have to take a step back and ponder because nowadays you see so much going on. You see so many people doing foolishness, anything they want to do. And so we have to say, God, you know, what is really going on here? What is really going on in this season? Because many people are being deceived. They're being deceived by strange doctrine, stuff that don't even make sense. Literally, it does not even make sense, the stuff that people are saying and doing 
and how they are so deceived. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. And we, as God's people, we have to, as God's prophets, we have to, we must stand up for the truth at all times. We can't, now is not the time to back down and say, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to let it work itself out. Well, what if it don't work itself out? What if, you know, people lose their lives because we didn't open our mouths and warn them? See, now is the time for that clarion call. Now is the time for us to speak up, to cry loud and spare not. As God's mouthpiece, when we see it, nowadays, you better call it. We have to call it. When we see it, we have to call it because we just can't, we can no longer just sit up and wait for something to might happen, may happen. It'll work itself out. No, we have to make sure that what we're doing, we are doing as unto the Lord. And what we're saying, we got to make sure that God is truly saying it. Amen. He's truly saying it. All right. And so let's talk about um, Isaiah. Let me get over to Isaiah. Now, when we look at the prophet Isaiah, um, he lived in Judah. His name in Hebrew means salvation of Yahweh. And I'm going to stop right there or salvation of God. I want to stop right there and say it is so important that we name, we don't just give our children any old name. It's so important that, you know, those of us who have children already, they're grown and things like that. But for those of you that are listening to me and will watch this broadcast later, it is very, very, very critical and important that we don't just give our kids any old name. We can't do that because na names mean something. My name, Allison, it means truthful one. You know, I, I was watching a long time ago, and I think I've mentioned this before, I was watching television and um, there was a young uh, singing group on television years and years ago, young um, African-American young men, they were like maybe 10 or 11 or whatever. One of the names of the children was Belial. Why would you name your child Belial? <laughs> Remember in the book of Samuel, they call Eli's sons, wicked, evil sons of Belial. The devil. We have to be so careful. So I'm not going to like stay on that soapbox, but that's just one of the things that really like, wow. And so when you look at Isaiah, he's considered as one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. And also, you know, when we look at that, not great in the sense that he thought more highly of himself than he ought, but he was powerful. Now, when you look at Isaiah's background and, you know, his family, you know, our, all of his family are not known. However, according to Jewish tradition, he was uh, the son of Amos, not Amos, but Amos, A-M-O-Z, and um, who may have been a scribe or priest. And he was likely born in Jerusalem and lived during the reigns of four kings. He had a big responsibility. He lived during the reigns of four kings of Judah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Now think about that. Imagine this man of God living during the reign of four kings. What type of responsibility did he have on his shoulders? We, in this last and final hour, we have a lot of responsibility on our shoulders in respect, in, excuse me, in regard to who we need to be talking to, who we need to be ministering to. You know, I, I see Apostle Ron. He's on uh, Facebook faithfully, constantly uh, declaring the word, getting that word out, speaking to the people of God, encouraging them, getting them ready for battle. Now, you know, you know, uh, uh, Apostle Ron was in uh, the military for years. Is that okay if I say that? <laughs> he, you know, he was in the military as a Marine. And I tell you what, you can tell his tenacity in the kingdom, the way he presents himself. And we need leaders like that. We need kingdom leaders who will present ourselves in such a way so, that you're going to line up. You're going to line up because you are in the army of the Lord. And so we can't have weak prophets. We can't have jellyback prophets. We can't have people afraid to say, this is what the Lord is saying. And if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. Time is out for us to be afraid of how people are going to receive our words. Time out for that. Why is it time out for that? Because people's souls are literally hanging in the balance. 
people's souls are hanging in the balance, okay? And so we have to make sure that we are speaking, of course, truth and love, but when God gives you a word to speak, I'm going to need you to speak it, <laughs> amen? I'm going to need you to say what God is saying in this hour. The prophets in the Old Testament, they didn't care about what people said. They just did it. They heard God, and, you know, that was it. That was it. And one thing about Isaiah, he began his prophetic ministry. He began his prophetic ministry in the year of the King Uzziah's death. Okay. And that's uh, believed to be around 70, 740 BC. He had a vision of God sitting on his throne. He was surrounded by angels and was commissioned to go and speak to the people of Judah. Okay. So he was commissioned by God to go and speak to the people of Judah. He wasn't commissioned by man. And I'm not saying don't follow and, you know, um, have a leader and don't, you know, be accountable. But the prophets in the Old Testament, they were commissioned by God and they did exactly what God told them to do. They weren't vacillating between two opinions. They weren't going to the left or to the right. They didn't add or take away uh, from what God was saying. They just did it. And that's where God wants us in this last hour. Just do it. Just say it. Just speak the word of the Lord because God is truly speaking in this last hour. He is speaking, but people are not hearing. Many people are not hearing because of self-serving agendas. Self-serving agendas. When Isaiah was prophesying his message was primarily focused on Judah and Jerusalem, but he also had a broader vision for the nations. So God will have us focusing maybe on like the community, your state or your city, but he also may give you a broader vision for the world, for another whole part of the world you don't live in. And that's okay, but God will, he will start us where we at and he will broaden that vision. You know, we have to be faithful where God has initially called us to, and he will give the increase. He will take us further. Now, one of the things that that um, Isaiah did, he warned the people of Judah of impending judgment of God and for their sin and their rebellion, but he also offered them hope and the promise of restoration. Now, when you look at that, he warned the people. God will have us warning people, but he's not going to leave us or leave them out there without help. He's going to say, you know what? This is going to, if you don't get your act together, this is what is going to happen. God will show, may show you. But he said, but if you get your act together, if you do this, then this is what God is going to help you with. He's going to do this. This is what Isaiah did. He promised, he offered them hope and restoration and, and promise. One of the things that I mentioned before is that, you know, we can't be prophets of doom and gloom. People have got to have some type of hope. We can't just go in. See, God will show you how to go in and how to come out. We can't just go in saying, you know what? If you don't do this, your head going to get cut off. Oh, my God. Can you imagine how much fear and you know, trepidation that would bring upon someone? No. We want to call it out. We want to pull them to the side, and we want to help them to restore them, but we want to help them to know that there is hope. The prophetic word that we give is not to tear people down. The only thing that we tear down is the works of the kingdom of darkness and the devil, and we build up God's people. Amen? I'm going to say that again. We build up God's people. So when you look at Isaiah, his prophecies were literally, um, they, were, they were awesome. They were, they were poetic. They, had, they were vivid. Um, and they were powerful. He used metaphors and symbols to convey his message. And he often spoke in terms of light and darkness, judgment and salvation. See the contrast there? Light and darkness, judgment and salvation. And he spoke about uh, the coming of Jesus, the King. Now, I'm going to take a sidebar here and talk a little bit about what his prophecies included. He warned, uh, there were some warnings. Isaiah warned the people of Judah about their disobedience to God's laws and the consequences that would follow. 
he condemned the idolatry because at that time people were just, oh my goodness, it's almost like today. You know, when you think about it, guys, don't you see that today? It's, you know, people are so idolatrous. It's all about them. It's all about their idols. It's all, and people have made, um, how can I say, they've made their cars, their houses, their lands, their jewelry, they bling, their notoriety. They have become their own idol and many people don't even realize it because they're doing it all under the guise of, I'm a Christian. But you can be a Christian, you can be your own idol. And that's scary. We don't ever want to get to the point to where we are idolizing ourselves. And see, the enemy is so tricky that he will make you think, I'm doing all this for the kingdom of God. And, you know, set yourself up on the, the, uh, the idol post. We have to be careful about that. Isaiah also warned of impending destruction and exile due to the nation's unfaithfulness. And he also cautioned against relying on foreign um, alliances and military might instead of trusting God. See, as a prophet, he was literally letting them know, I'm telling you, don't put your trust in them. Don't rely on that military is trust God. And that's what we have to do today. We you know things are so haywire. We don't know who to trust, but God, we don't know. We don't know who to trust. If God don't show us who to trust, we'll mess up every time. The prophet Isaiah, he also talked about judgment. He pronounced God's judgment on the wickedness and the injustice uh, in the prevailing you know, society. He did that. And he rebuked the people for their oppression of the poor, the widows and the orphans. Now, today, when we look at that, you know, he was talking about down-to-earth things that was happening every day. He wasn't just standing on the platform like many people um, want to do. And like, I'm going to get me a platform. I'm going uh, to get invited to this church so I can go and, and prophesy to these people or what have you. But what, what he did, he went and he told them, if you don't get it right, you know, you're, I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to rebuke you because of what you're doing to these widows, what you're doing to these orphans. Do we have that type of heart? Do we have that type of heart? That's something that we really, really have to look at because, you know, God's heart is to have none lost. He doesn't want anyone lost. And he also cares for the widows. If he didn't care for the less unfortunate, he wouldn't have dealt with them, would he? <laughs> Jesus would not have dealt with those that he didn't care about. And he came to save the whole world. Amen. And so we as prophets, we need to make sure when we see injustice, we need to speak up. We need to speak up. I think many prophets have been too quiet because it's not benefiting them. Hmm. I'm going to say it again. Many prophets are quiet because it's not benefiting them. And that could even be true prophets. I don't even have to be false prophets. That could be the true prophets of God, but they shut up. They shut down because what they have to say is not going to bring them any money. Yes, I said it. Okay. And, and we're not, we're not driven by money. We are driven by the spirit of the living God. Amen. We are driven by his spirit. Now, also another thing is Isaiah what else did he do? He criticized corrupt leaders and false prophets who misled people. Are we as we as prophets, we need to, whenever we see corrupt leaders and false prophets, we have to ask God first, how do you want me to handle this? Because I'm not saying run up in people's churches and snatch them out the pulpit and shake their neck in front of the congregation. You might get shot nowadays. We have to ask God for a plan as to how to address what is going on. And if we listen to the Holy Spirit, he will give us a plan. Just like he gave Nehemiah that plan. Nehemiah, he sat down, he prayed for months. He got the uh, wisdom of God on how to approach uh, King Artaxerxes. So that, and then King Artaxerxes, as you know, gave him everything that he needed to go and rebuild of the temple and the gates that were burned with fire. So we have to make sure as prophets of God, yeah, we may see it, but how does God want us to handle it? How does he want us to handle it? Isaiah, he got with him. He sure did. But I bet you he sought God on how to handle the people. 
and how to handle corrupt leadership and how to handle false prophets. And we have to consult the Lord. And so he also described the devastation and downfall that will come upon the nation as a result of their sin. You know what? I'm, I'm just stop right there and say right now we see as prophets of God what, how this um, nation is heading, don't we? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We see how it's heading. What did the prophets in the Old Testament do? They begin to cry loud and spare not. They used every platform possible to get the word out. That is what we are to be doing. Use every platform possible to get the word out. We're going to come against what the enemy has done because greater is he that is in the mouths of the prophets than he is in the world. And when I said greater see that's in the mouth of the word that we speak according to the word of God is greater than what the enemy is trying to propagate in the land. We just have to get on our post. We just have to get uh, fortified. We just have to get built up in the realm of the spirit. See, many people are not spiritually built up because there's no prayer life. There's no word life. Everything is taking the place of God. And, you know, I have to just... Um, Say, I um, let's see, I had uh, two jobs. Let one go. Why? Because one was taking up too much time from the Lord. I was like, you know what? Jehovah Jireh, my provider, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut all this other stuff out and do what God said. Because I don't want to be so caught up in trying to do this, that, and the other that I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to get into word. And as prophets, that is a key point in our lives. Mm -hmm. we, have to have a, we have to have a prayer life. We have to have a, a fasted life. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, yeah, I got to turn my plate down. How about fasting from people? How about fasting from um talking too much how about fast from the tv how about fast from things that we know that are taking our attention see the enemy will say well you know fasting is just food honey let me tell you you fast from some stuff that you don't necessarily need to be doing and take that time and put it into the kingdom and you will see such a turnaround such a turnaround in your life apostle ron uh put in we need to stand firm and set our face like flint and never compromise who we are and the mandate. I totally agree. We can't compromise who we are. Many people nowadays would have you come down off your wall, get off the wall and go do something else. I'm sorry, but you're building. You don't need to be building. Oh, you're um, establishing. Oh, no, you don't need to be doing it because God didn't say that. Who told you that? Who told you that God didn't call you? Prophet, stop listening to everybody. Stop listening to everybody that you think is older than you in the spirit. So therefore you're going to listen to them and therefore it might get you ate up by a bear and left by the wayside. Somebody remember that story? Yeah. Who remember that story about that old prophet, young prophet in the old Testament? God told him, don't, don't go back the way you came. Don't mm -hmm. stop. Just do what I said and get your hind parts on back where you need to be. Mm -hmm. you know? But what did he do? He mm -hmm. listened to somebody that he thought was older and wiser and heard better than he heard from God, even though he got a word from God. I got it. Ending. Tragic ending. That's why when God tells you something, number one, you want to confirm it with the word because God is going to always, he's always, always, always um, going to con be confirmed by his word. If it's something that you're hearing that doesn't line up with the word, then don't do it. Apostle Ron said, prayer, the word, consecration. That's, that is key. When you, when you put that word consecration in there, uh, Apostle Ron, it made me think about the fact that living a consecrated life, it doesn't mean being standoffish. It doesn't mean that you can't um, associate with people. See, I think a lot of people, when you start talking about consecration a lot of people think and uh that that is just mean i'm gonna separate myself and i'm gonna i'm gonna be over here and i'm not gonna talk to these people because they wrong. no we have to be personable because our job is to seek and save those that are lost when god is talking about <coughs> excuse me consecration he's talking about being set apart for his use 
being set apart for the master's use, getting stuff out of our lives, out of our atmosphere, out of our homes that are diametrically opposed to the word of God and the things of God. See, consecration is giving your everything over to God. I mean, I'm going to consecrate my mind. That means I'm not going to be watching the filthy filth. I'm going to consecrate my body. That means I ain't going to be eating all them sweets. <laughs> you know, I'm going to consecrate. I'm going to set myself apart so that I can be all that God has called me to be as a prophet. So that when I speak the word of the Lord, it's coming from a pure place. It can't come from a pure place if it's not been tried in the fire, consecrated. If the flesh ain't burnt up, if there, if I don't walk around looking like a pile of ashes in the spirit, amen. <laughs> if I look like a pile of ashes in the spirit, that means my spiritual flesh has been burnt up. And now the spirit of God can be seen and heard through me because I don't even exist anymore. I don't exist. That right there should help somebody. Yes. I'm going to look like a pile of ashes in the spirit because the flesh, the spiritual flesh has been burnt to a crisp. It's gone. Remember in the uh, Bible when it talked about um, the chaff that the wind drives away, how in the um, in a certain season, they would take the uh, grain, they would put it on the threshing floor. They would take a winnowing fork and they would beat that uh um, grain until the husk separated. Now they did this when the wind, there was a soft blowing wind and they would take the winnowing fork and they would throw it up in the air, the grain and the chaff would leave and then the grain would fall back down. And that's what God wants us as prophets. He wants us on that threshing floor. You know, he wants he want all the chaff beaten out of us so that when it's tossed up in the air, the chaff, the junk, the old mindset, the old man, the old wineskin is blown away. But what remained? The seed, the grain, because it fell back down so it could be used for what it needed to be used for. We're, we're, we are, how can I say? When we all end up on that threshing floor and God begin to do a work in us, everything that not, that's not like God is blown away. It's blown away. The spiritual flesh is just burned up so that as we speak the word of the Lord, it is from a pure place and not a place of see me, hear me, be attached to me. It's not from a place where I just want to bring you close so I can use you, so I can prostitute your gift, all type of stuff. So Isaiah, he was very, he, he was, he was, <laughs> Isaiah was a good prophet. He, he didn't, he wasn't um, intimidated by people's faces. He wasn't intimidated by the words of man. And he came and he pronounced God's judgment on the wickedness and the injustice in that society. He criticized corrupt leaders and false prophets who mis misled God's people. He described the devastation and the downfall that will come upon the nation as a result of their sins. And I tell you what, there is a downfall coming ah. to the nations that have forgot God. Yes. There is a Goshen for those of us, for God's people, just because he's no respect your person. Remember in the Old Testament when the uh, when Moses uh, pronounced all those uh, different things going on, the plagues on the children, of, not the children of Israel, but the children of Egypt and things like that. But there was Goshen. God had them in Goshen, a protected place. So anything that happened to anybody in the Egypt area, it didn't, it didn't even if the children of uh, Israel were there, it didn't happen to them. So God supernaturally protected. So God is doing that for us. I don't care what's about to happen. God got me. God got you. You just need to know that and you need to speak it out of your mouth no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, no matter what it looks like, God got me. Mm. As a prophet, how can, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of, God, of, of people's faces when you come to them with a word from the Lord. If they don't receive you, that is not your business. 
It's none of your business. It's none of our business to care and babysit the word of the Lord that we have released to the leaders, the people, the country, whoever God has us speaking to. It's none of our business to sit there and try to babysit what God has said. Our business is to deliver the word of the Lord in the way that he's told us to deliver it. And don't be sitting back acting all scared and shy and timid and Oh, I don't know, because guess what? At the end of the day, we're going to give an account. We often say, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to give an account for every word that's spoken. Yeah, every word you didn't speak, is you're going to give an account for too. If God told you to say something and then you didn't say it, you're going to give an account for that. And we have to say, Lord, show me, teach me. Groom me into the prophet that you've called me to be, the mouthpiece that you've called me to be. And many people have been sitting on the backside of the desert, being groomed, being, um, how can I say, being groomed and grown up, if I can use that word, in the kingdom for such a time as this. When you look at the book of Isaiah, and going back to Isaiah, I'm going back and forth and, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Because guess what? We flowing with the Holy Ghost, not with man's agenda. Come on. I have a, you know, sheet on, you know, what I'm teaching on. But if God say go in a different direction for that moment and then go back, it's okay. And I'm going to tell you guys that are being raised up as prophets and teachers, it's okay not to stick to the script. Come on. Jesus didn't stick to the script would have had him never even coming to help us <laughs> you mm -hmm. know the script of the flesh so when we look at the book of isaiah it has a lot of prophecies in it it covers a lot of topics of different nations and you know just to give you a few there was a prophecy the prophecy of emmanuel and that's found in isaiah 7 14 and what does that do that foretells the birth of jesus christ emmanuel meaning god with us Okay, he also had a prophecy in Isaiah 52 13 and 53 12 of the suffering servant, and that describes the servant of God who would suffer and bear the sins of the people, foreshadowing the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Now, here you go, a prophet way back here, way back there. He's talking about something years and years and years in the future. That's why I said last week about, I gave you that uh, testimony about how the woman of God, uh, the, Lord, the Lord had me give her a word. She was upset because it was a year later, the word didn't come to pass. And she went to blasting my name, calling me a false prophet. 20 years later, the word came to pass exactly to the T as I, God had me to tell her. She came back and apologized. I said, well, you need to go back and tell all them people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did she do that? Probably not. And that's okay. But the thing of it is, as a prophet, your word may not come to pass right away. That's why I said don't babysit it. Because you'll get into the habit. If you get into the habit of babysitting a word, trying to find out when it's going to come to pass or calling the person up, did the Lord do it? Did the Lord do it? Don't worry about that. You just do what God called you to do and let God do what he uh is going to do through the word that you spoke because after all he put it in your mouth to speak it so he can fulfill it right so then we let we that's on him to fulfill it that's him so also another thing that the uh prophet isaiah he uh one of the prophecies he prophesied the restoration of israel i'm, I'm gonna just stop right there and let's think about restoration are we prophesying the restoration of our country are we prophesying the restoration of our family? <coughs> Excuse me, of our family. Are we prophesying restoration? Isaiah prophecies about the return of the exiled Israelites to their land. He prophesied that. And he prophesied the rebuilding of Jerusalem. You can find that in Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5, Isaiah 44, verses 24 through 30, uh, 28. So he prophesied. How did he do that? How in the world did Isaiah have all this knowledge, all this wisdom? How did he have that? Where did that come from? Who does that? God does it through his mouthpiece. 
God does it through those of us who have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. We are the church. God wants to literally speak through you. He wants to use your mouth to decree and declare tsunamis in the spirit that's going to wipe out the devil. Amen? I know I'm talking right today. You're talking right, Pastor. You're preaching. <laughs> he wants us to use the power and the kingdom authority as prophets in the earth to do what God has called us to do. And then, of course, you know, there were messianic prophecies. Now, uh, prophecies. And another thing is, you know, um, another thing about Isaiah, he prophesied the fall of Babylon. Isaiah predicts the downfall and destruction of powerful city of Babylon, Babylon in Isaiah 13, 1 through 22, and Isaiah 21, 1 through 10. He prophesied that. He was literally calling for justice and righteousness as well. And what did he do? Isaiah emphasized the importance of social justice and he was urging the people to care for poor people. He urged the people to care for those that were oppressed and marginalized. This, this is what a prophet does. It's not all about standing in front of a congregation and calling out bank account numbers and your last name and the street you live on and you know you can give a, come on now. The prophet Isaiah, he was well-rounded. And a well-rounded prophet will not do all the theatrics. We ain't about theatrics. We're about getting the job done for the kingdom. And so when you look at, look at that, how the prophet Isaiah was calling for justice and uh, righteousness, you can find that in Isaiah 1, 16 through 17, Isaiah 58 six through seven. That's really deep, isn't it? That's really deep. That tells us he, was, he wasn't about himself. He was always trying to help somebody else. He was always reaching out to God's people and to bring, trying to restore them. He was all about restoration. Now, when the, when the uh, rubber hit the road, he was like, you know what? If you don't get your act together, this was going to happen to you. If you don't stop oppressing the people, this is what's going to happen. And people, if you don't bring your hind parts back to God, you're going to be in big, big, big trouble. He wasn't mixing words. He wasn't trying to tell people that, you know, uh, if you just sow this, uh, this $1,000, if you just sow this $1,000, it's going to be well with you. You know what? It was well with me when Jesus died on the cross. It was well. It was well. <laughs> it really was. And so a true prophet. Now, there will be times when, you know, God may say give. But as a prophet, you are never, ever, ever to say, call a money line. I'll put it like that. Don't be calling money lines. Don't be saying, you know, I was at a, a ministry, a church one time, and I was just, you know, I went to, just sit down. I just wanted to hear what the uh, man and woman of God was saying. And they called a money line. They had a $100 money line, a $50 money And they had people lined up. Like, literally, he got a $100 money line to 50 And then they got down to the 20 And then they had the, the $5 money line. I'm like, what is that for? And then they broke it down as to why they had them in categories like that. Come on. Don't be doing that. Don't do it. It's not God. It's not God. You don't like it so bad. <laughs> Amen. Too bad. If you don't like it, I don't care. Amen. Take it up with God. Take it up with the king. Ask him if you need to be calling money lines. And Amen. really hear from him when he tells you what you're about to hear. Amen. Because he will tell you something. So the, the prophet Isaiah, he um, prophesied the fall of Babylon. He also had the call for justice. He prophesied also against foreign nations. He delivered messages of judgment and doom against various nations, including Assyria. That's in Isaiah 10. Uh, Moab. We all know what the Moabites was doing. Assyria, Moab, entire, oh my God, they were a hot mess. Go back and read about Moab, the Moabites. They were a hot mess. That's Isaiah Moab. In Isaiah 15 and 16, entire T Y R E in Isaiah 23. You can read about 
um, how he prophesied against those foreign nations. And he did that under the unction of God because he didn't move outside of God. Another thing is I like about Isaiah is that he also promised, prophesied, excuse me, the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. And Isaiah envisions a future renewal of creation because we know that's going to happen where peace and harmony will prevail in Isaiah 65, 17 through 35. So, you know, those are just a couple examples of his prophecies. His prophecies are, they, they came to pass in the New Testament. And when he was talking about the new heaven and the new earth, that has yet to come to pass. Now, because the word that uh, he gave did not come to pass in the time frame that he was living in, it did not make him a false prophet. Amen. Mm. We need to get a we need to get a hold to that. We need to get a hold to the fact that the prophecy, the word of the wisdom of wisdom, the word of wisdom, knowledge, prophecy that God will have you speak forth may not come forth in a year, in two years, in 20 years, but it will come to pass if it came from God. And that's something that we want to make sure that we always know that God is telling us what he's telling us. And how do we know that we, it's, we go against, we put it, um, we let the word judge the word. Amen. Amen. Let the word judge the word. Now, when we talk, we were talking about major and minor prophets. We know that Isaiah was a major prophet, major and minor. Again, does not mean they were lesser of any um, value, so to speak. They were because of the number of books that they wrote and the size of the books. Uh, let's see where else, where else I'm going to go with this. We talked about the visions and stuff that the prophets had. When you look at Isaiah, one of the most famous passages in the book of Isaiah is in chapter six, and it describes a vision from God's throne and his call to be a prophet. In this vision, he sees God seated on the throne, surrounded by seraphim, who cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah, what was he? He was overwhelmed by the vision. <laughs> you know, wouldn't you be overwhelmed? <laughs> I'm going to just get a little... <laughs> would you be overwhelmed? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I know I would. Yes. I would be totally overwhelmed by that. And what did he say? Woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Because he knew, he knew that, yeah, God has called me. God has chosen me. But here I am in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm undone. Oof. I'm just, I'm undone. Have you ever gotten the presence of God and you just felt so unworthy to be there? Because his presence is so holy, but thank God because of his son, Jesus Christ, that he has made us worthy to be there. That right there only makes a two or three people jump up and shout because I tell you what, to be able to be in the presence of the king, the creator, the master, Elohim, El Elyon, you know, the most high God, Adonai, to be in his presence. And then we think about the names of God and begin to look at all of what his name means to us. Powerful, 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 powerful. So he said, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips and, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. And Isaiah, his message was focused on the need for repentance and faithfulness to God. What is your message focused on? It needs to be focused on repentance and faithfulness to God because guess what if we get our heart right and we're faithful to God everything that he's called us to be will begin to spring forth and spring up out of our spirit but we got to put something in there we got to put the word in there we got to put God in there and he also what the um what is uh, Isaiah do he warned the people of Judah of a coming judgment if they didn't turn away from their sin and return to God. And at the same time, he offered hope and salvation. And as I said before, if they do repent, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get hope. You're going to get salvation. Amen. 
Amen. So that's um, the um, overview, basically, of Isaiah. It goes a lot deeper than that, but because this is a 10-week course, we don't have time to go into in depth, in detail. I would say go back and read the book of Isaiah. I would say go back and read it because I tell you what, Isaiah, powerful. We, we do have a few moments that I want to start off with uh, the prophet Ezekiel. He was a prophet who lived during uh, the Babylonian exile of the Jewish people. And he was one of the major prophets as well of the Old Testament. And his book contains some of the most dramatic, <laughs> dramatic, I'm going to say that again, dramatic and uh, visionary passages of all scriptures. Ezekiel, that was, that was a deep book as well. Now you may say, you know, hear me say that was a deep book. It's deep to me because all of the stuff that we see those prophets went through in the Old Testament, they didn't give up. They did not quit. They did not back down. And they did not mix words. If God said it, that was it. If God told them to do something, they was going mm -hmm. flat-footed and they was going to do it. And I don't care who you are. I don't care what government you rule, God said this, and if you don't stop it, this was going to happen to you. Ezekiel, he was awesome. He was dramatic. He was born in Jerusalem. He was born to a priestly family. He most likely was trained in a temple. He was among the Jewish people who were taken captivity to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar in 597 BC. And in Babylon, that's where he per uh, began his pr uh, prophetic ministry and was commissioned by God to proclaim judgment against Israel and the surrounding nations as well as to offer hope and restoration to God's people. Here we go again with that offering hope. <laughs> and now that's why I keep saying, if you are called to be a prophet, you are not to be a prophet of doom and gloom. Now, one thing I found interesting about the prophet Ezekiel is he began his ministry when he was in captivity. Mm -hmm. Think of that. He was in captivity in Babylon. And he, God will call you out of an obscure place. You don't have to wait till it gets to be a perfect place, a perfect time. There is no perfect place. There is no perfect time. If God is calling you now, just step into it and just do it. He's calling you now. He didn't say, wait until you get yourself cleaned up. Let him do the cleaning up. We catch the fish and God will scale them. Yeah. <laughs> He'll move all the scales up off of the fish. He'll gut them too. Pull all that stuff out the guts to make us right for them. So Ezekiel, hey, he just said, okay, I'm all caught up in Babylon and I'm in captivity. And But he, he, he started his prophetic ministry and was commissioned to proclaim judgment against Israel and, and bring hope while he was in an a unopportune place at an unopportune time. How many of us are at an unopportune place at an unopportune time and we won't even do nothing? Jesus. We won't even say nothing because the time is not right. God said the time is now. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to do what thus saith the Lord and speak what thus saith the Lord. Ezekiel, one of the things that his ministry was marked by, it was marked by symbolic actions and visions that communicated his message in powerful ways. For example, he laid on his side for over a year to symbolize the coming judgment on Jerusalem and performed other symbolic acts such as shaving his head and, and um burning a clay tablet with the names of Jerusalem enemies written on it. I say that, I would say that was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. He did that because God took him and used him in a time of captivity. God wants to take you and use you during this time. I would say right now, America's being held hostage by the enemy. What better time to lay on your side <laughs> What better time, so to speak, to, to get a tablet out and put the names of the enemy on it and bury it in the ground? Now, I'm not saying literally do that, but I'm using that as an example. This There is no better time to serve the Lord and use your gift to decree and declare what thus says the Lord and do it. Stop waiting on somebody to send you somewhere. My God. 
Stop waiting on somebody to, oh my goodness. Now we do believe in balance and in order because I always have to go back and say that because you'll get somebody that will hear this and they will say, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to do this. Mm -mm -mm. You always leave right. You always leave right. If you feel that God is calling you to do something else, you need to make an appointment with your leader and you guys need to have a conversation. There's going to be flying out the door talking about, God told me. Don't do that. So Ezekiel's ministry was marked by a lot of symbolic actions. His book contains prophecies of judgment against Israel for their sins and rebellion is God against God, but it also contains prophecies of hope and restoration. And I keep saying that because I see a lot of prophets out here that are doom and gloom. You got to have balance. You have to have order. You cannot say God is going to do this without giving a, um, a way that God is going to bind up the wounds and help people. You can't say that if you do this, this is going to happen without giving the remedy. That's immaturity. That's an immature prophet. That's a prophet gone wild. That's an out of order prophet or a novice that don't know. But that's why we're having this class because we need to know how to go in and how to come out. Okay. Another thing that Ezekiel wrote about was he wrote about um, the coming of the new temple and the new covenant that will restore Israel to a right relationship with God. He also had that, remember that famous vision he had? The Valley of the Dry Bones. Mm -hmm. I like that one. And these dry bones live. Yeah. And so what we see in that prophecy was when he had that vision, how many of you guys, how many, guys, how many of you guys did God give visions to? I can close my eyes sometimes and have visions. Mm -hmm. I could be sitting at my desk meditating on the Lord and close my eyes and wow, there's a vision. It happens and it's okay. <clears throat> but if, um, Ezekiel had the vision of the dry, excuse me, the valley of dry bones in which God breathed new life into a pile of bones. That's one of the most famous and powerful prophecies. And what does it do? It symbolizes God's power to bring life out of death and the hope of resurrection for God's people. And you know, we know they were talking about Israel as well. But God can give you a vision. He can give you a sign of what he can take something that looks dried up and useless and just, you know, you could you may even be saying, Lord, it, I'm just, you know, I don't have no more oomph in me. I feel like I'm just dried out. I'm parched. Don't you know God can breathe new life into you in a moment, in a second. You could wake up feeling, feeling spiritually parched. And just like them dry bones got up, what did he say? I, I, if I remember that scripture correctly, <clears throat> it was talking about the sinews came on the bone. And then he saw, you know, the muscle come on there and then the flesh came on there and life came into them. Then they got up. That's the type of God we serve. He will restore you, prophet, if you feel like you are out of sync, out of order, dry dead bones in the desert. There's a reason why you are hearing this today. Jesus. God want to put flesh on your bones. He want to breathe life into your body. He want to put them sinews back in place. He want to put them muscles. He want the, the, your bones to be covered. He want the flesh to come alive in the spirit. I'm talking about spiritual. I ain't talking about the natural flesh. I'm not talking about the karma. God wants you to come alive and do what thus saith the Lord. And he can do it. So as we as prophets, one of the things that we want to know if you don't take anything else out of this teaching today, not only will God use you to call forth <clears throat> judgment on the things that are opposed to the things of God, he will also cause you to say, you know what? If you don't do this, this is going to happen, but here's what God has for you. This is what God can do for you. And this is what we need to look at as we move forward as prophets, not the only the I'm going to get you, 
but I'm going to bind up your wounds. Mm. I come to so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And a prophet with abundant life is a powerful prophet. The prophets in the Old Testament was not planned. <clears throat> they had abundant life. They, You see how God used them? They were used in particular, peculiar ways that man didn't understand, but God knew. Man may not understand you, and that's okay. We are not out here trying to make a name for ourselves. Jesus didn't even come to make a name for himself. Why do we think we have to put our name out there and get ourselves out there to make a name for ourselves when God just said, obey me? Jesus. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That tells us, prophets, stop trying to draw people to you. Stop trying to make people understand who you are. It don't even matter. What matters is, see, it don't matter what man do or don't understand about who you are. It matters, do they hear what the Lord is saying through you? Amen? Amen. So we want to end right there. And I just want to tell everybody today, it's all about the Lord. It's all about what he's saying in this last day. In the last days, men will be lovers of themselves more than they are lovers of God. We know that. That's the word. The word is true. In the last days, men will be lovers of themselves more than they are lovers of God. So that tells us that people are are, are they are not lined up with the word of God. It's all about them. It's all about who they are, how many people they got following them, what type of entourage they got running around behind them, holding their books, Bible, cloaks, whatever. And it's okay to have an armor bearer. It's okay. But when you start looking like you got a whole entourage and you just come and deliver a word, come on now, peoples. We know when you real and we know when you fake. I'm going to say it again. We know when you real and we know when you fake. We know when you real and we know when you fake. I don't know why I just feel like I just feel that. God is going to begin to reveal to you guys who is real. I shall tell. I shall tell. I feel that thing. You need to know who fake in your circle. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you about following all these people with titles. Jesus. Don't get caught up in that foolishness. You better stay attached to the people that God have you attached to in this season until you grow into who God has called you to be so you can have, so that gift of discerning of spirit will be high in you so you can discern what's a truth and what's a lie. Because the enemy through people will say, have you, have, they will say something, they'll add just enough truth in it, they'll put a couple of scriptures with and be lying. Be lying. Prophet lying. Prophet lying. Lying prophets and wonders. Yeah. So we have to be careful. We have to be so, so, so careful that we are not caught up in the foolishness. People that are not submitted to any leadership nothing nowhere i don't attach myself to those people because if you are not accountable to anybody something is wrong jesus now listen to this jesus was accountable to the father why can't we be accountable to somebody this is not a one-man rodeo this is not a one-man show it's not and it's so serious nowadays that people, 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 people will make you think you are more than you are just to get you over in their camp, just to use you, just to get your money, just to um, get the following that you have over to them. Been there, done that. Now, I didn't do that. When I said been there, done that, what I mean is I have had people come into fire and aim, rain ministries and take people out of the ministry. And their ministry ain't even going on right now. Mm. Think about that. But you know what? If they leave, they wouldn't never with you. 
What did mm-hmm. I hear? So I hear somebody saying, well, what if God told them to leave? If God told them to leave, and this is not just for fire and rain, but this is for any ministry. If God told, God would not tell a person to leave their covering. And I'm not talking about a lid, okay? Because we got some religious people out there who say, yeah, here she go. No, what I'm saying is God would not have a person leave their covering to be uncovered. God will not have a person leave um, a church or ministry that's teaching truth and is teaching kingdom to go and sit in a corner and prophesy to themselves and three people. God, that's not God. He's not going to do that, people. And I don't know why I'm just up on that soapbox, but somebody need to hear it. Make yourself accountable to somebody. Because we can't hear everything and see everything ourselves. That's why we have people that are here to help us. You know, the Bible talks about the fact he said that I will give you shepherds after my own heart. Why was that even in the Bible if we don't need somebody? <laughs> Come on, people. Let's let's get it, let's keep it real. So as a prophet, as a new prophet, as a medium prophet, as an old prophet. <laughs> We all need to be accountable to somebody that don't make us seem that I'm accountable. Okay, I'm accountable to somebody. Accountability does not mean that you're weak, that you don't know what you're talking about. It's a safeguard. It's a safeguard, prophets. Being accountable is a safeguard because there's area in all of our lives that we may have a struggle in some areas. There may be a tendency in some areas. And let me tell you, your accountability will keep you in check until you grow up real good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm going to end on that note today. And I just want to encourage everyone to, hey, be all that God has called you to be according to the word. And I'm going to open it up for a few questions or or comments today. Um, Any questions or comments? I have a comment. Um, I promise that this class is too short. <laughs> it may go longer than 10 weeks. I don't know because it's so much. It's so much. It's so rich. It needs to be at least an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. But but it, it's so God has just spoken so much today. My soul is happy, Apostle. Mm-hmm. My, 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 I'm, I'm leaping. Amen. Oh God, I, I, I'm just leaping because when you don't understand why God is separating you and you got me on the very beginning when Pastor Ron put that consecration up there, when God separates you, you see, oftentimes we want to be around a whole bunch of people. We want the fanfare. We want um, to be loved on people and to be seen as this great leader. But God says, no, I need you set apart. Yep. So that well, I, I'll say what he said to me because I said, Lord, I want friends to hang out with. The Lord said, I cannot allow you to be around everybody because you'll begin to compromise who you are. Mm-hmm. You see, when you begin to compromise, it just means you will not effectively minister to those who are right up under your neck. Mm-hmm. You will not call them out on the things the Lord is telling you to call them out on. Yeah. You will not give them the proper word. Why? Because you're too close to the situations. Yep. But when God has separated you, and this is for somebody because it's been in my spirit ever since you started. Mm-hmm. When God separates you, it's okay to be separated. Amen. So you can hear clearly what he wants you to do, what you to say. Your ministry is not like nobody else's. It's like Isaiah, Jeremiah. He pulled those out. Did we hear him talk once about his, his crew, about his buddies, about his... We didn't hear anything about the friend syndrome, but we want friends. So be okay with being alone so that God can effectively use you so you can give that word of God. Amen. In season, out of season, when they want to hear, when they don't want to hear, when you feel like it and when you don't, you just have a conversation with the Lord and he'll tell you what to speak. And then my my last point, every word in the word of God is a prophecy. That, 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 that just hit me. You can just open your mouth and begin to, and begin to speak scripture. And you give somebody life. You give somebody hope. You give right. them guidance and directions. If you just speak the word of God. But how do you speak the word if you're not studying the word? How do you, uh, how, how do you speak the word if you're not studying his word? How do you know what to say if you don't have an ear to hear? 
So it's, I thank God for this class who's given me fresh revelation as to who I am and why. Not just what I have to say, but why I have to speak it. Amen. And I'm not crazy. That's the other thing. You're not crazy. Somebody needs to hear. You're not crazy. The Lord is speaking to you. You just have to open your mouth and repeat what he's saying. Don't add nothing to it. Don't take nothing away from it. Speak what the Lord is saying to you to speak to somebody because somebody is waiting for you to open your mouth. And so again, I just thank God for this class. I thank God for the revelation. I thank God for the fire that has been reignited inside of me all because of this class and my destiny connection. It's a destiny connection. It's not by happenstance or circumstance. We're all on this line. There's a word for everybody on this line, even those uh, who, who, who coming back ear hustling. Some people are just here ear hustling. Some people are here just because they, they want to be a part of something. But for those who, who are true of the true and living God, who has a call on your life, you're here for substance. You're here to find out how to do this thing called prophesying and not prophesy lie for a prophet. Amen. F-I-T. We're not here for a prophet. Mm-hmm. We're here to learn the things of the Lord. So apostle, I thank you. For, for being obedient to what the Lord is telling you to say and do. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Apostle Christmas. Anybody else? Wasn't that an awesome teaching? We look forward to you tuning in each week for more teachings from Apostle Allison J. Cross, founder of Fire and Rain Ministries. You can follow us on Facebook, Roku, The Fire Stick, Apple TV, iTunes, and more under the Fivefold Network. To contact the ministry, you can reach us at 252-764-5685 or email us at ApostleAJCross at gmail.com. God bless you and see you next time.